4: Steve Weish is an, works for the NFL Network. He said this about Sean McVay and Jared Goff: "Quote, they've the people I've spoken to said basically at this moment the relationship with Goff and McVay is not great. They need marriage counseling, is what one person said to me. I think it's something that's going to be able to work through, but there's got to be some healing, and it's not just Jared Goff's thumb. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So much of who we are is." how we were raised, right? So much of who we are is how we were raised. Now, there is one big underlying issue in today's NFL. The first part is how you were raised in sports, okay, is who you are. Like, look, to this day, I coach, I use the same style approach as the three biggest mentors in my life my father, my high school coach, my college coach. And I, I look, I have my own spin and way of doing things, but my father, my high school coach, my college coach, those are the people that I've heard say things to me and teach me things the most that, that that's who I embody. And if you watch how I work with young people, if you watch how I work with older people as, as a, as a basketball coach, the words the style, um, the approach is a combination of those three men's approach. You look at you look at Sean McVay and who is his mentor, John Gruden, and John Gruden would fall in and out of love with quarterbacks on a regular basis. So of course he will, but I think there's a bigger issue at play. Right. If you had a six-year contract at work. I would like to think, like to think that your effort would be the same. Your approach would be the same, <clears throat> right? But the reality is there is always going to be a percentage of people who get that money in the bank and maybe they change. There also, once people find out how much you make, there's added expectations of you. And when they know that you're around for a while, you sometimes feel entitled to offer up your opinion. When you don't think the approach is right, you want it changed. You know what the biggest issue in the NFL with quarterbacks is? Long-term contracts. Think about it. From Big Ben to Carson Wentz to Sean Watson, even Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Different levels of quarterback, same issue. Heck, Russell Wilson. Right? The The guys that are absolutely positively worth it, Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. And I kind of think that's about it, to be honest with you. Right? Those guys are on. Now, Mahomes is not yet on that massive deal. There's still a couple of years before it becomes this massive deal. So they have to load up on draft picks and... And find ways to get guys, that's why they signed other contracts right away, and go for it now. And then he's going to have a lot of young guys around him hoping the salary cap climbs. In an effort to get cost certainty with a superstar, you have to give him this long-term contract. Carson Wentz starts to be stinky and entitled, but you can't move on from that contract. Big Ben should retire, but it's hard even to retire because... They've kicked the can down the road so many times. Eventually, you got to pay that tax. Got to pay that tax. Kirk Cousins, like they were in salary cap hell, so they extended him and gave him a slight raise. It wasn't that Kirk Cousins was bad, but is he really $30 million good? The problems will continue with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Cowboys like Dak. Do they love him at $35, $40 million a year for five years? No. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, the going is good. The the rookies are basically on a lease deal, right? You ever lease a car, right? What do you have to do? You have to pay a down payment. And based upon the down payment you pay, then you have to pay a monthly. Now you got to keep it under a certain amount of miles, but let's say it's 12 or 15,000 miles. And then at the end, if you want to buy it, you got to buy it. And there's a set value to it, right? Well, I mean, think about it right now you're paying very little per month on Lamar. You're paying very little per month on Josh Allen. You're paying very little per month on Baker Mayfield, but do you want to sign a long-term deal? Right? Because if you sign a long-term deal with Lamar, you fear, you fear the Cam Newton issue, which is eventually is going to get hit. It's going to get hurt. And his inaccuracy does limit you at some point. Josh Allen could be a Carson Wentz deal, right? That everyone said, he was too inaccurate coming out, and then he proved so many people wrong. But there still are flaws to his game, and he still does run around a little bit, and he still does is prone to the big mistake. If you sign him to a massive deal, do you have buyer's remorse? Dak Prescott's Kirk Cousins. He's really, really good. He's way better than where he was drafted, and they're both drafted in the exact same round. But at some point, you have to decide, am I going to give him a short-term guaranteed contract? Right? That's what he wants. He wants four years guaranteed. And he doesn't want middle-of-the-road money. He wants top-of-the-line money. He's quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He wants 35-plus, probably wants 40 million a year now, asking prices going up. But if you look across the board, long-term contracts are usually an, there's there's more misses than there are hits. And I'm not talking about running backs. We know the running back contracts. We We know that's like a a one in 10 are good. This is like a three in 10 are good, or maybe even less. Tom Brady's only once has he had a top end contract. That was in the middle of his career. All right. He's not making top end money right now. That's why they're able to have so many guys around him. So what, what NFL players quarterbacks are asking you to do is, well, I've been leased for four years. Now I want you to pay new car money on, a, on an asset that's likely to depreciate. Think about that for a second. Like Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes, those guys are unicorns. Unicorns. They're the, they're the one car that, that, that gains value over years. Most cars, they lose value. The second you drive them off the lot, then they want you to rip them up and give it a new deal at the top of the line money for long-term like, uh, to me, the number one issue with all of these quarterbacks. Okay. And frankly, it's kind of the issue with college football coaches, right? It's like the same thing. Like I like to get rid of them, but look at how much money I got to pay him. So some of it is good. Some of it's good for the players because you fall in out of love. And then the guy is like, well, you can't get rid of them. It's like the Eagles, like they can't get rid of them. So they're going to give him another chance. They're going to try and fix him. And we'll see if it can be fixed. It's like Brian Kelly was at Notre Dame. He had the bad year, and he said, "I'm going to fix it." He fixed it. So it doesn't always go bad. But it is really interesting that you look at Big Ben and Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff and and the relationship in Jared Goff. And look, it does protect Jared Goff. His offensive line hasn't been as good last year. His running game wasn't as good. His wide, best wide receiver was hurt this year. He hurt his thumb. There are things that have worked against him, and. He wasn't a guy that was handpicked by Sean McVay. It's a very important distinction, right? He was already there before McVay got there. And McVay said, I can fix Jared Goff. And for the most part, he did. And now some of those old issues are coming back. But isn't it fascinating? The parallels to so many of these teams are exactly the same. Right? Exactly the same. Do I pick up the fifth year option is do I do I uh, execute that kind of buyout at the end of a lease agreement? And then they want you to buy the car at a rate above the value of the car. So they're asking you to do, I think Sean McVay and Jared Goff, that relationship can be salvaged? Of course I do. You know why? Cause it's too expensive to get rid of them. It is interesting that no one has executed the idea of, uh, of the, um, you know, Cowherd suggested this with the Red Rifle, with Andy Dalton, which is, why not just get a used car? Like a used, basically Andy Dalton is a used Volvo. He was good. He was fine, right? He was that used Volvo station wagon. You know the used Volvo station wagon? You ever seen that? I feel like that car, even brand new, comes with a goldfish in the back and Cheerios. It's just made for families. It'll never break down it is fine. I know Andy Dalton got hurt going back last year with the Bengals, but he did come back and wanted to play. Look, it is fine. It'll last forever. And if you have a car that's used and it's really smart, I mean, you know, I mean, look at look at what the, now there's the downside to it is what the Patriots try to do. The Patriots tried to buy like a used Jaguar. I mean, those things always break down, but they look really cool. That's Cam Newton. But you wonder if somebody goes like, hey, you know, why don't we just either, you know, live with a, live with a uh, Honda or a Toyota or one of those Chevy Impalas that just you can drive forever. But I I find it fascinating. These long-term contracts are really at the root of so much of even Deshaun Watson, right? Like many of the moves that were made were to protect Deshaun Watson because he holds the ball a little bit long and were to save money so that they could pay Deshaun Watson. And now, in an effort to maybe move on from Deshaun Watson, you got to look at how much are we going to have to pay on the on the salary cap to not have Deshaun Watson.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. A really good NBA game.
4: The Bucks taking on the Nets. James Harden, Kevin Durant combined for sixty-four points in a win over the Bucks last night. Now, Steve Nash said he expects Kyrie Irving to play on Wednesday. That's tomorrow night. Of course, after a lengthy absence, I think he's missed seven games. Here's Kyrie Irving. He had a little, you know, Zoom press conference. When he was asked about why he missed so much time.
0: Can you shed some light on what the last couple of weeks have been like for you and the time you needed off? It's a lot of family and personal stuff going
3: on.
4: So just want to leave it at that. Okay. Now now here here's the thing. I'm actually okay. Like, bro, you're having some stuff. Figure it out. Early in the season. Let's not act like, like last night the Lakers gave away a 20-point lead. LeBron was bad. He missed what could have been a game-winning shot. It's not a season-defining loss. It's very early in the year. and all, But there's been so much good with the Lakers. Like, if we're fair about it. On the other hand, it's very early in the season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm, the, the two things that I would point out about Kyrie is, is this. One, I, you got to call your boss. That's got to be your first call when you decide you need some time off. Can we all agree there? Like, we can disagree on every other topic. Okay? But if, if you start with the, you got to call your boss. You give me that, we can have a conversation. Good? Everybody nodding? Good? Yes. I mean, okay, the, the second part to it is, please don't make this about the things he has done. He's done a lot of good works in social justice. I'm not trying to, okay, he's, he's, he is trying to be a, a good human being. But if that was what it was about, if that was, this was some sort of protest, well, then you got to make it known. Otherwise... A silent protest is not really a protest, in my opinion. Hey, I don't want to talk about it, but I did what I did because I'm fighting for social justice, or I'm appalled by this happening, whatever. That's not what it's about. Whatever it's about. But did did you notice how well they played? Did you notice how much success they had? Did you notice that James Harden's kind of the point guard and Kevin Durant's kind of the scorer? And they kind of work symbiotically. Did did it remind anybody else of the Boston Celtics two years ago? Remember, the Celtics had success without Kyrie. Now, they had younger guys who were kind of feeling themselves when he came back. But Kyrie Irving's like, yo, I'm the star. They're like, "Uh, we did well without you, buddy. Do you guys remember that? feels like history repeating itself. really does. Now here's the challenge to Kyrie Irving: Can he, whether it's because of the respect for his teammates that he has now, that maybe he didn't have with those younger guys, or that he's learned from his past mistakes, can he figure out how to better, you know, work with the sol- social jujitsu of an NBA locker room? TBD. But it does feel like, hey, the Nets are fine without him. Uh, on paper, should they be better with 20 and eight a night? Of course they should. Or 25 and eight a night. Of course they should, but that's not the way sports works. Does feel like the Celtics two years ago.
3: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
0: Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com
4: Speaking of quarterbacks that are pains in the... Oh, let's bring in our boy Danny Cannell. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Russell Wilson wants to be involved in the offensive coordinator hire. Uh, if you're Seattle, if you're Pete Carroll, do you let him?
0: I'll consult with him. You know, I mean, I think there's a, that's perfectly acceptable. I mean, Russell Wilson's you know, put, put in a lot of work, put in a lot of time. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, and I do feel, Doug, I don't know how you feel about this, I do feel like we're in a new era, right? I mean, we're we're in where players' voices mean more than they ever have before, where it used to be, hey, you know, shut up and play, and you didn't question anything the coach did. You didn't question play calling. You didn't question anything that the coach told you. And now I think it's perfectly acceptable. Now, here's where I think you have to be cautious with this, is that just because he has a voice doesn't mean you have to listen to it. And then that's where you could create issues where – what if Russell Wilson's campaigning for somebody and it's somebody that, you know, maybe they can't work out something financially, you know, you, it just doesn't get done for whatever reason and you go in a different direction. Well, then there, where does that leave Russell Wilson? But I do feel Russell Wilson is mature enough to understand that dynamic and be a part of the conversation, realize there's a business aspect of this too. It can't just be I want my guy.
4: Danny Cannell, who uh, had the door open to his Tesla before
0: uh, nicely closing. <laughs> so it. I, I, that was my daughter. I was running her to swim practice. We were late. And she unbuckled her seatbelt before, so it started Oh, beeping, that's, that's the seat. Like, that's a seat that is, I thought that yeah. was
4: the seatbelt seat <laughs> sound. So that's, what I, that's, what I,
0: that's what I thought, thought it was.
4: Uh, She's Danny gone Cannell.
0: now. No more distractions.
4: No, no, I wasn't distracting. <laughs> I just knew the sound. I knew the sound because a friend of <laughs> mine, not, not because of me. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> DK joy us. Um Give me, give me your sense of the Deshaun Watson thing. C- could you repair it?
0: Man, I don't know. I know that's not a great answer, but I don't know. I honestly don't. It feels broken. It really does. Uh, and I think this goes back to an owner that is really disconnected with his players um, that repeatedly has just had misstep after misstep. And again, it goes to a new era. You have to be aware and have your finger on the pulse of the player. I played in three different organizations. I would say two of them had fantastic owners, where they were there. Wellington Mara is one of the best of all time, and Pat Boland is, is same boat with the Broncos and the Giants. And you know, even though Wellington Mara was in his 80s when I was playing there, he still had a pulse on the player at the time. And Pat Boland, same thing, just had a had a, a just an awareness of what the players needs were what the players desires were and you know let them have a voice let them feel important let them feel like what they felt mattered and I don't know if that's what you're getting in Houston right now and we've seen a lot of this transpire publicly because everything's public now where I know they're trying to make up this for with some hires that they're making but it feels like the damage has already been done and now it gets a little bit weird because if other teams know that Sean Watson wants out, they're not going to maybe, they're going to try to, you know, hold the Houston Texans hostage with bad trade, you know, um, you know, options and say, hey, we're going to float some really low ball, try to steal them from them. And I don't think the Houston's are going to do that. They're smart enough. I would hope to realize that no matter how upset he may be, that even if him around a disgruntled Deshaun Sean Watson is better than just getting taken advantage of because you're in this position.
4: I guess my problem is like, if, if you didn't like, working for the owner, if you didn't like the way things were going, why'd you sign the deal after they trade Deshaun, Deshaun uh, I mean... Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's, and, you know, hey, money money makes up, money drives everything, right? If there's a nice deal on the table that's going to reward you financially, I wouldn't fault anybody for taking that, and then maybe having, you know, a little bit of buyer's remorse or some regret after that, saying, man, I, and, and, I mean, he's, a lot of things have changed. He's got a new head coach now, and there was an opportunity, and I think the relationship has soured even more since that time, so he kind of changes his mind. I mean, I, I'm really torn with all this, Doug, because it's this new era where players are forcing trades and in, you know, but, a, but, kind but, of the, but, NF, but the NFL you think about is following it. along the lines of the NBA. I don't know if that's a good thing. The NBA always gets praised for letting their players have so much power, and NFL players are looking around being like, why don't we use our power? And now that they are, I don't know if that's a great thing. I don't know. I don't, know if think, that's I don't good
4: think it is. Look, look, Aaron Rodgers clearly didn't like the hire two years ago. He Wasn't mm-hmm. down with it. Kind of worked out for him,
0: right? Yeah, of, you know what else he didn't like? He didn't like them drafting Jordan Love either in the first round, and he made it known. And look at what it did. He used it to push him and to prove everybody and play with his chip on his shoulder. And you're right; like he used it to motivate him. And all of a sudden, like, he's in the position to win the MVP and he's got a team in a prime spot to make the Super Bowl. So I think a lot of it depends on you can voice your displeasure, that's okay, but just because you don't get your way, like, that's not an excuse to be a bad teammate and then, you know, pout, take your ball and go home. Like, I totally agree with you. Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy, but he didn't, you know, hold out. He didn't try to force that move where he might have had the opportunity to do so.
4: Can you fix Carson Wentz?
0: Uh, he's an enigma for me. He's really hard to figure out. Uh, you know, when you, uh, this is why I think the Eagles paid him too soon, and I think Jared Goff, the Rams paid too soon. Uh, and when you don't have to, why did you back up the truck for him? Because we've seen a lot in this league. It is really tough to sustain success. And I know he looked awesome uh, in 2017 when he had that MVP season, where he got hurt, and then Nick Foles led him to the Super Bowl. But Like, how mentally tough is he? I think that's a very valid question. And I know people say, well, Philly's a tough market. There's more criticism. Every market I played in is tough. You know, I mean, Atlanta was a little indifferent because it was the Falcons. The fan base doesn't care that much. But Denver and New York, they're going to let you hear it if you play bad. You've got to have thick skin. And I do feel like Carson Wentz mentally is battered, is bruised. His confidence has been shaken. And it was evident on the field. And... I'm worried about him. I do think you give him another year, though, to try to see if you can. I think they're, you know, talking about Sean Watson and trade options, trade availability. uh, Unless there's an offer that is really sweet, it's a sweetheart deal because somebody still likes that version, the 2017 version of Carson Wentz. Unless there's somebody with a really nice, attractive offer, I think they're going to be stuck with him, and they're going to have to say, you know what, we're going to try to make this work, build around him, you know, put the right pieces around him, give him some more weapons build up the offensive line, hopefully the team stays healthy, and try to make it work. But I am worried about Carson Wentz because he does feel fractured. And I think more of it's mentally than it is physically.
4: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Dan, Danny Cannell joining us here on the, on the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, okay, look, my, my questions about Lamar were uh, throwing accuracy outside the numbers when he has to. Um, just in terms of I, I just don't think he's a proficient thrower and that'll be a ceiling he's better and they create a system where he's better than i ever thought he could be i still don't know if it's enough and he, and he's thankfully knock on wood he's never been hurt but the style he plays traditionally you you always get hurt right that those those guys always always get hurt so i, I kind of get the same question here they're the end of year three they don't have to do anything other than pick up the fifth year option but you you mentioned Jared Goff i mean look Carson Wentz all these long term deals what do you do with Baltimore if you have Lamar Jackson he's like hey man time to get paid
0: i would wait but i think the two guys that we just discussed and Wentz and Goff uh have kind of you know shown they've given you examples of what not to do except i guarantee you Lamar's going to say hey look those two guys got got paid i need mine and he actually did get the mvp you know like he actually did have that type of season. I feel like people are tiptoeing around Lamar Jackson. I don't know if it's because of the racial tension, and, and I'm sure you've experienced this somewhat. If you criticize a black quarterback, you do get criticism yourself. Oh, you're right. racist. I think right. it's perfectly fair to assess Lamar Jackson and say that he, it feels like he's plateaued. And I was one of the biggest proponents of Lamar coming out of college saying, man, he could work, and he has, and he's been awesome. But, I will always be a firm believer. The the, the quarterback position is evolving. Um, you have to be mobile. You have to be able to move from the pocket. But there will be one constant. You have to be able to win from the pocket and throw the ball vertically down the field consistently with accuracy. And we haven't seen that aspect of Lamar Jackson's game develop. He can still win a ton of games. He might just be an MVP again. But if teams take away your running ability, and they're good. They're not only Lamar Jackson's incredible runner, but they're a good team because they developed this system which runs the ball heavily. But if somebody takes it away or if they take Lamar's ability away to run the ball, then they've been exposed somewhat, and Lamar Jackson has too. Now they can get him another weapon, and look at what um, look what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen this year. Like That was a massive improvement. They get Lamar Jackson, that type of playmaker on the outside, Maybe that's the answer. I do think he's got it in him, and I do think he can evolve. But he has to. And if anybody claims, you know, hey, it's, you know, how can you, you know what this is this racist here? You're, you're criticizing Peyton Manning, one of the best all time. Go back and look at some of the criticism he took early in his career. Uh, he, 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 couldn't win the big game. Couldn't have, Couldn't get past the Patriots all those times. That's what happens. Let's put our big boy pants on. When you are Lamar Jackson and you're an MVP, the expectation is you've got to be able to win games on your own and win the big ones. And unfortunately, he's gonna have to go do it or those critics will always be there. And I think that's fair. It's like it's like everybody's
4: forgotten Matt Ryan was the MVP of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, Matt Ryan is well, he doesn't have good enough arm, he's not this, he's not that, whatever. He keeps putting up numbers in Atlanta. I don't know how good he is, but I it's it's almost it's almost comical. Like it doesn't matter if you're Cam Newton has been the MVP, you know, or it's mm-hmm. I mean, just kind of got go through it. That that's the nature of the position regardless of the color uh, of your skin that that's the nature of it it's
0: always and that's the nature of the nfl is what have you done for me lately i mean it's everybody uh you know it's every quarterback it's you know ever been worth his weight and is going to get criticized and when you're playing great get a lot of credit if you start to stumble just even a little bit it's going to look at carson wentz i mean carson wentz is another one his career is way more in jeopardy it's because he hasn't done it on the field if he does it'll he silence everybody and We'll get back on the bandwagon. If Lamar Jackson wins a couple playoff games and gets to a Super Bowl and wins, we'll be talking about him like he's an elite quarterback in the NFL. But until he does that, I think questioning his ability to throw the ball on the perimeter, exactly the things you're talking about, are very much up in the air.
4: Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Danny Cannell is our guest. Uh, Danny, of course, grew up in in Florida, went to school at Florida State, traveled around the NFL, and then lived in Connecticut, now back down in Florida um, if it's 50 degrees in Florida, how do you feel now?
0: Oh, freezing. But that's like, it's an opportunity. So that's what happened in Florida. People get all excited. Like you get, Oh, we get to break out a sweater for once. And then you bundle up and maybe throw it on a parka fifties. Like I'm t- I should have said 65. That's when people break out their sweaters fifties, like parka mittens and like scullies, like you're putting right, on right, everything. Right. So
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. Cause, so Brady, one year down in Tampa, not even a year down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And now that team is going to go into into Green Bay, mm-hmm. uh, I, and well, he's been a great cold weather quarterback. But that was previous to him being forty three. Previous to him being for like people forgot he was terrible last year in the playoffs. Frankly, he mm-hmm. was not good in Kansas City in the cold the year before in, in the playoffs. How do you think he plays in Green Bay?
0: Man, I was wrong. I actually thought that the Saints were going to beat them. I was wrong on on Brady and the Bucks going into New Orleans, and I thought we saw. Uh, you know, all the quarterbacks that are getting older, we saw one in pretty steep decline in Drew Brees, and it does look like it's the end of the road. But, man, when I was watching Brady, it felt like he could play for five. And I think I saw Colin, actually. like, he feels like he could go five more years. And I I kind of look at it, I'm like, I agree with you. He should struggle. It should be rough for him. He lives in Florida, you're 100% right. They're, they're, it hits you differently. When you're living in the humidity and sun every single day and then you go to Green Bay and it could be snowy and cold and your fingers hurt and all of a sudden your blood doesn't get acclimated. It just feels, when it's 30, it feels like it's 10. You know, there's like that feels-like temperature. But, man, I just, with Brady, he's a goat. I mean, he's one of those ones that will, I'm not going to let him surprise me again, but I will be surprised if they beat the Packers because, and Brady could have his best game, I don't see the Bucks defense having the same type of performance that they had against Breeze against Aaron Rodgers. You want to talk about just throwing back to the vintage, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when he's the best player in the league, when he's out there juking guys and running the ball in, when he's out there laughing at the defense at the line of scrimmage, like this look on his face, it's like I've got you right. That's like Michael Jordan shoulder type type of stuff. He's playing so well right now. That's, I think he'll get a good performance out of Brady. I just don't think it'll be enough. Uh,
4: okay. Um, Pat Mahomes, I, I think he's going to play. What about Buffalo? Can they win that game? I last time was a weird game with, you know, all the different moving parts with the, the you know, the game before was pushed back with Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo. What do you think about the buffalo Kansas City matchup?
0: I think Buffalo's got a chance. I I wouldn't have said that. You know, at the end of the regular season, because I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs, they get compared a lot to the Golden State Warriors. And I felt, you know, the dynasty years, the super team years, uh, you know, with Draymond, Katie, and Steph, and Clay, and the whole squad. Because they, remember when in the NBA when the Warriors were playing the regular season? Not when they were going for the record, but the other years. When they're like kind of coasting the regular season, they're having fun. Maybe they try to get Clay to break, you know, a amount of points in a quarter or try to break some records. But they're like trying crazy passes and they're not trying as hard on defense and they're out there just having a ball. And if they win, great. If not, no big deal. They're still going to make the playoffs. And then they bump it up. I feel like I went to a Dolphins game this year and it was against the Chiefs. Dolphins went up 14 to 3 and the Chiefs looked awful. And they were like messing around. Then all of a sudden they flip the switch and they come back and they end up winning the game feel like that's the way the regular season has been and I was look I was like anticipating the Chiefs just flipping the switch and looking awesome and going back to their dominant ways I do think the health of Patrick Mahomes is a major concern I do think he's going to start but does that mean he finishes like that was a scary hit because it wasn't your typical you know when Lamar Jackson got hit you're like oh he's knocked out he's going to be done Patrick Mahomes it was pretty innocuous like tackle I know he hit his forehead on the ground, but it didn't look, it didn't appear like a very obvious hit. And yet his reaction when his legs were out from under him, he looked I mean, he had the boxer legs where you can't stand. That was some scary stuff. And so, I, and I'm not a doctor, I don't pretend to be one, but once you start, like, is, is that something that could be vulnerable? And I would be a little bit nervous if I was the Chiefs. Long-term, you just spent, you know, you, you, you're, you're going to pay him half a billion dollars I know they're going to want him to play. I know Patrick Mahomes is going to want to play, but I just get nervous because there are some cases where you start getting one concussion to become susceptible to more. So I would worry about him, but I think he's smart enough; will he'll protect himself? You know, be ultra cautious. But if he's playing cautious, that opens up the door for the Bills to take advantage of it. And there, look at the conditions they were playing in. With you know, the wind was howling, and they only ran it. 12 times, I think. You know, they, they didn't even try to run the ball. Brian Dayball was like, we got a quarterback with a cannon who can hurt you with his legs. The only thing is their defense, it's good. I don't know if it's great, but I, I, I'm i still waiting for the Chiefs to kind of flip that switch, and they have it in them, but I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see how this game unfolds. I think the Bills absolutely could pull this off, and I wouldn't hate, like, if you were gambling, to take a shot at it because the value is clearly on the Bills.
4: No question. No question, because people do view – the, the Chiefs like the Warriors, and kind of like the Warriors, that year they beat the, the Rockets, and the Rockets missed 27, threes, 27 straight threes. They do kind of play with fire, play with their food a little bit when, when they're playing. Uh, DK, yep. uh, we'll catch up soon, man. Thanks for joining us.
3: All right, the best, man. Great catching up. See ya.